Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you so much, everyone. All right, before you sit down, before you sit down, just grab somebody by the hand if you can get together with them. That's it. There's a great dating move if you're single or something like that. All right. And uh, we're just going to pray. So, Father God, we're going to pray. So, Father God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Repeat after me. So, say, Father God. I open my heart to receive your word and your direction. And I pray for my friend that your spirit, that your spirit will rest upon them, that they would encounter you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now give them a hug, give them a bit of a hug and a squeeze and all of that. Fantastic. All right. Hey, if you've got your Bibles with you, and I hope, I really hope that you do, um, can you please open to 1 Samuel chapter 13? Everybody say 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Fantastic. And uh, some of you might know some of this story and I love this story so much. And the, the Lord's really been uh, sort of bringing me back to this story several times. Maybe because I like it, but I actually think that uh, it is a new season that we're in. And I actually think that it is something that we are stepping into. And uh, some of this story we'll just pick out just for a quick moment. And then I'm going to take you through a series of uh, slides of uh, where our vision is at, so where we are along the path of that, what our vision is, and what you can do about it. Amen? Is that cool? Fantastic. All right. And so we'll see here in uh, chapter 1 Samuel chapter 13, um, you, can, you know, verse 1, I'm not, I'm not going to read, it's sort of across two chapters, so we're not going to read all of it, but 1 Samuel chapter 13, at the beginning of it, we have Saul. Now, King Saul was a, was, um, uh, God picked out Saul, God situated him and positioned him simply because Israel asked for a king. They said that we want a king, not just judges, we want a king like all the other nations have, right? And so here was Saul, a strapping young man, and he started really well, but then he sort of went off track a little bit. And we see in 1 Samuel chapter 13 that he is starting to make unlawful sacrifices. He's losing battles. He's stepping, he's trying to apply spiritual principle uh, to his, to his, for his own outcome 
rather than consulting the Lord for direction and what the Lord wants for the nation. Hello? And so in this situation, we've got Saul, he's making an unlawful sacrifice. Um, there's, um, there's no weapons for his army. His army is depleted, defeat after defeat after defeat. And the nation of Israel is in trouble. And the nation of Israel is in trouble simply because there's a king stepping into his flesh, stepping into his own answers rather than what God was providing for them. And so let's pick this up, uh, and let's pick this up in um, let's pick this up in let's chapter 14, verse 1. Now it happened one day that Jonathan the son of Saul said to the young man, who bore his armour, come, let us go over to the Philistines, the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. Now, who, loved, who loves pomegranates? Pomegranates are good, aren't they? There's benefits in pomegranates. You know, they're good for the heart, apparently. What else are they good for? They're, they're nice and sweet to eat, right? Yeah, they're lots full of antioxidants. Well, here is the king, King Saul. Things are pretty troubling. And here he is chilling out under a pomegranate tree. We don't know. We don't know whether there was fruit on the pomegranate tree, but we know it was a pomegranate tree, right? And things are crook. In the army, <laughs> things are not looking good. And here's the king sitting on a, under a pomegranate tree. And then his son kind of gets tired of all of this. And see, Jonathan was, Jonathan kept different company. Jonathan, uh, he was really best friends with David, who became king after Saul. And the Bible actually describes David and Jonathan's hearts were knit together. It was like it, there was a good connection with each other. They loved each other. They cared for each other. Even though Jonathan's father, Saul, wanted to kill David... Jonathan and David loved one another. And you see, Jonathan was of a different Jonathan loved his father, but Jonathan was of a different spirit. It was he was he 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 could see um, he could see the uh, the failings of his own father and yet still honored his position as king. Still loved him. As father. And so Jonathan says, you know what? Let's see what God's going to do. And he says to his armor bearer, now you have to understand an armor bearer is someone who carries all the weapons and the armor for the 
soldier to fight with. Well, you imagine hand-to-hand combat. We're not talking about slingshots and firing at an, at a, at an enemy that's 100 metres away. We're talking hand-to-hand combat, facing your enemy face-to-face. And do you think that it would be advantageous for the enemy to kill the armour-bearer as well? Yeah? And you see, this is the difference. The armour-bearer had to be pretty skillful with the weapons as well. Because there would be often times of where that armour-bearer would have to defend his own life and perhaps the life of the one whom he's carrying armour for. So here we've, I'm just trying to paint the scene here and I'm not quite sure where the Lord is taking us today because um, this was not what I had planned but I felt the Lord just give this to me this morning. Verse 2, chapter 14. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree which is in Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men, a small army. Very small. Ahijah, the son of Hatibah. <laughs> Thank you for that reassuring laugh. I appreciate that. Ichabod's brother, the son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. Why does it tell us that? Well, you may or may not be aware, but whenever a, a priest wore uh, an, an ephod, it was... Uh, it was like their uniform, it was like they pulled out their mobile phone to dial God. To wear the ephod was to wait on the Lord, Lord, what do you want us to do? Now, you'd think that Saul's doing the right thing by having the priest consult God. Hello? You'd think that he's doing the right thing. But we forget at the beginning of chapter 13 that Saul was actually making unlawful sacrifices. And so it was like you can't have one without the other. It's got to be, it's got to be all God, all not. Not just what's convenient for us, amen? So the king's sitting under a pomegranate tree. Maybe he's getting good antioxidants and nice and sweet and pomegranates. The priest is wearing his mobile phone. Beep, boop, 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 beep, beep, boop. It's got gems on it, different colours. He's trying to dial God. Meanwhile, they didn't know that his son Jonathan... And his armour bearer says, look, let's just go take on the Philistines by ourselves. Let's read about it. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Now between the passes between, by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine, Philistines garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other. And the name of one was Bozes and the name of the other Senna. The front of the face north, northward op, 
opposite Mishmash, Mishmash, and the other southward opposite Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, it's like, ding, here's a good idea. Let's two of us attack the entire garrison. Hand-to-hand combat. Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. What an amazing statement of faith. But it's all based on a question. Can you imagine, like, who's, 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 the, uh, who's the hero in this story? Is it Jonathan? I reckon it's the armour bearer. <laughs> because <laughs> if you were Jonathan's armour bearer and Jonathan turned to you and said, look, it may be that the Lord will hand them in. <laughs> Things are not looking at the moment. Dad's under a pomegranate tree. The line is down between the Lord and them. The network's down. Mobile phones are not working. God's not responding. Hey, but it may be that you and I will go up and we'll see what the Lord does. What an amazing step of faith. Amen? For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. I really felt the Lord wanted to encourage us this morning that it does not matter your age, it does not matter your disposition, it does not matter whether you are one of your family, a single member of your family that's following Jesus Christ or a disciple of him. It does not matter if we are a church of two or 10,000. What matters is your heart is after God. And I felt that the Lord wanted to encourage you this morning that trust in him because between you and him and perhaps those that are in the room or those that you stand with in faith and believe and in prayer, between you and him and them, you already are a majority. You are already worthy enough because of what Jesus did on the cross. You are worth it. Hello? Hello? We're talking about two people. One was kind of required because he was following orders from his boss and the son was like, come on, I'm a bit tired of this hanging around. Let's go see what happens. So let's find out what happens. So his armour bearer said to him, I reckon the real hero of this story, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Now, when Anna turns to me and says, come on, honey, we're going to spend 18 hours shopping at Eastland and uh, <clears throat> we're just going to load up the, ca- the, the credit card. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what we're going to walk out with. My reply is, do all, honey, that is in your heart. Go then, here yeah, I am with thee according to your heart. Amen. 
I mean, we're talking about two life and death situations here, right? <laughs> what an amazing armour bearer. What an amazing husband. Then Jonathan said, very well. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan was looking for this guy's agreement. He said, very well then. Let us go over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. If they said thus to us, wait, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign to us. Now look, as far as I'm concerned, if an entire garrison against two guys, what would they say? Yeah, come on. You're easy picking for us. Jonathan and his armour bearer give away the option of surprise. They give away any strategic advantage that they had. It's harder to fight uphill than it is defend and advance. We're talking advancing while fighting, right? It's complete nuffy logic. It, it, it bewilders me why he would say this. You know why? Because he had faith that both between he, his armour bearer and the Lord, they were majority and we ought to be encouraged by it. We ought to have this, this, this feeling starting to dwell up, well up within us, even now as I'm speaking, that you go, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the Lord is at work in this city. Yeah, that's right. Um, the Lord is at work in and through my life. Yeah, that's right. I can see my family saved. Yeah, I can actually start to see my community saved. I can actually start to see things taking place here. Hello? So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. Can you imagine this? Hi, guys! Do you think they had sniper arrows ready for them? The Bible actually says, goes on to say that the Philistines said, look, look, all the, 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 the maggots, the dogs, they're coming out of the rocks where they were hiding because they were so afraid. Why would you hide in rocks? Why would you hide around rocks? Because I'll guarantee you there were guys with, with their uh, arrows ready to pick you off. Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes in which they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan his armour bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you something. <laughs> come up to us. We, we have something to show you. Didn't you... <laughs> Can you, I mean, like what? What have you got to show me? Right? What have you got to show me? Jonathan said to his armour bearer, I love this statement. This is, the, this is the most exciting statement out of the whole story. Jonathan had his confirmation in God. I just felt that there are a lot of people here waiting for their confirmation from God. And I want to say to you, you have it. You have it. Right here, <laughs> right here, Jonathan turned to his armour bearer and said, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan didn't say, 
for the Lord has delivered them into our hands. Jonathan said, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Do you think Jonathan was there for his own glory? Was Jonathan there to, so that he could get accolades like his good friend David? Jonathan was there for the kingdom. Jonathan was there because he was absolutely focused on winning this battle for the Lord. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armour bearer after him. And they, the Philistine garrison, fell before Jonathan. And as he came up after him, his armour bearer killed them. Now, did Jonathan have some superhero force field around him that as he just went up on his hands and knees that they just fell down? We don't know how it took place. But we know that the victory was the Lord's. I'm not glorifying killing here. What I'm glorifying is what God's victory is, that God's victory for us is in place. We ought to be encouraged, amen? Amen. We ought to go, yes, come on. Yes, that's what the Lord's doing. Yes, I am being instilled with faith and I'm actively stepping into this. Amen? So we're going to look at our vision now. And our vision has been something that we've been working on. And I actually went back to see where we started this vision. And it was actually in 20. 20. I think maybe, you know, maybe it's been brewing before that, but we released this vision in 2020, and it was 2020 to 2025. Now, what are we in now? 2023, right. And so here we are. I spoke last week about this emphasis of community. Is our community, does our community here, is it just within these walls? Absolutely not. Our community is the people that we interact with and it might be on a once-off, it might be we might regularly, whether it's the barista that we get our coffee from or a neighbour that we say hello to, that is our community. That is our community in that place. So our vision as a community is to be a large community where the perfect love of Jesus embraces all. Now, we have community. Hello? We have community already. What we want to see start to take place even more is where the perfect love of Jesus, like this giant set of arms, wraps people up in love. Amen? Guess who the arms are? We are. Amen? And so we have this opportunity where our vision is to be a large community where the perfect love of Jesus embraces everybody. Because I believe that when people experience Jesus, when people experience the perfect love of Jesus, they are enveloped into such an upgrade in their life, emotionally, uh, physically, um, spiritually, that that upgrade starts to transform them into who. God has designed them to be. Amen? 
And you see, I'm standing here a bit like Jonathan and his armor bearer saying, come on, let's, let's see, let's see what God's going to do with this. Let's see what's going to happen. Amen? All right. So the vision, let's read it together. The vision to be a large community where the perfect love of Jesus embraces all. Now, three of our core values. Now, our core values are up throughout the building. And I just want to highlight three of them to you. The first one is this, supernatural. Miracles are a part of normal everyday life. And for some people, getting out of bed in the morning might seem like a miracle, all right? Anybody relate to that? Right? Sometimes that's, that's, that's what it feels like. You know, I, I see Matt Crowley up there with twins and he's going, yeah, yes, that's right. That feels like a miracle sometimes. You know, it, and it's different for everybody. And this is what we have to understand. The greatest thing about the Lord, the greatest thing about the Lord is that he meets you exactly where you're at. Whether you feel supernatural or not. Hello? And so he meets you exactly where you're at. And so the first, the first um, thing I want to highlight is supernatural. Miracles are a normal part of everyday life. And sometimes those miracles look like this, the operation of spiritual gifts right through to the practical operation of hospitality, right through to, to um, encouraging somebody, giving the gift of encouragement. And, and, and you may not mention the word of the, the name of Jesus in that encouragement, but just simply by encouraging somebody that you meet in the street, you have changed the community. Amen? All right? So that is a supernatural thing. It takes, takes uh, the oppression of the enemy and it turns it around into the advancement of the kingdom. And so supernatural is that uh, the Bible says that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the principalities and the powers of the air. In other words, we are fighting against evil darkness that we don't see. Okay? Hello? Do we need to turn the heater off? Are we good? Is it on? Man, I'm burning up here. All right. So, so, so supernatural is experiencing the supernatural things of God. Who gets excited about operating in the supernatural? Like who loves seeing people healed? Who loves the fact that the enemy can't stand against it? Who loves it, right? It's really fun. Last Thursday, I had a word of knowledge that while we were praying, this is at uh, the combined uh, revival meeting over at uh, Pentecost, and I, had a, I just kept on getting this word, bananas, 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 like this. Like it's a weird thing. And I, so I just had to be obedient to it. And I just said, look, look, has, has anybody got a thing about bananas here? And like it was tumbleweed moment. And I said, I almost feel like somebody has, is like, has an allergy to bananas. And then somebody way up the back just sort of just scratched their head and went, I'm allergic to bananas. Isn't that fun? That's bananas, mate. And anyway, so we got an opportunity to pray. And uh, I said, well, you know, when you're ready, go test it out. See if you're healed by eating a banana. And so supernatural, it's fun to operate in the supernatural. It's boring just to operate in the flesh. Yeah. That's what King Saul was doing. 
How was it going for him? We've got to be supernatural. It's a core value of the church here. The next thing is I want to highlight is that we have to know God's word. The Bible says in Revelation that they, that they, us, we overcame him. Who? The enemy, the principality and the power of the air. We overcame him by the power of uh, the word, the blood of the lamb and our testimony. If our testimony doesn't line up with the word, then there is power, it is powerless against the enemy. Hello? All right. And so God's word, the word of God is both spoken and written. If all you do, I want to encourage you in this. If all you do is read this quietly to yourself, I would encourage you to upgrade that and start reading it out aloud. Do you understand? Do you want, do you know that back in Bible times, the scripture was, was discouraged to read to oneself? It was always encouraged, not law, but it will always encourage that whenever you read it, you read it out loud. Do you know why? Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. As soon as we speak it, it gets spoken out into the atmosphere and it has power. Sometimes I like to read quietly, sometimes, but sometimes I read loudly. Amen? All right. So third thing I want to highlight, third thing, third core value here, it's not just a thing, it's a core value of the church here, is that we are sold out. We are raising and becoming sold out followers of Jesus. I did not say sold out followers of Manningham Christian Centre. I said sold out followers of Jesus. It is him that we are sold out to. Amen? Amen? So we are following him. I want to be a church and I want to be a large community uh, where we, we chase after and we are sold out to following Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Amen. Fantastic. All right. So 2020 is when we first started this and it's let's build this. We're going to be talking a little bit more about this next week. But we are building for generations to come. The more churches that I visit, the more I am thankful for the resources and the people that we have here. It's amazing how much we've got here. I'm just telling you. We, we, can, we can easily just be a bit ho-hum week after week. All right, for, the, for, for, the, for this building, for the people around us as well. It's just stunning what God has done and God has given us the privilege of doing. So as part of our vision of building a community where the perfect love of Jesus embraces all, we understand this principle that the community is only as strong as its relationships. If relationships break down, then the community breaks down. Now, the writing on the right-hand side, you're not meant to be able to read, so don't get your magnifying glasses out. It will all be part of this booklet that we are going to release to you next week, okay? So this, this will all be accessible next week. So <clears throat> in it, we talk about the book of Acts, the early church in the book of Acts was a community where, where the Bible said that they gathered together to eat regularly, to pray together, to worship together. Because why? Because there's discipleship that takes place in community. There's encouragement that takes place. 
There's assistance and help that takes place in community. And that's why relationships are so vital and important. Now, those relationships are ultimately built on these three things. Identity, knowing who you are in Christ, but also speaking to the person themselves, to the other, another person, who they are in Christ. Hello? And that is identifying them, seeing them for who Jesus sees them to be. It's about identity. It's about worship, coming together and worshipping, coming together. And we know that that's not just songs and music, but it does. In the book of Acts, it talks about that, that they were encouraged to come together and sing, sing songs and hymns together regularly. All right. So that aspect of worship and obviously community. So having this common vision that we are building this thing together. Amen. Yeah. All right. This is not changing. It will now. Oh, so close. And so as we go through this, I'm going to skip through this fairly quickly. Here we go that in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2, long before there was the advancement of the kingdom of Israel, there was this prophetic word over Israel. And it said, enlarge your tent. What does it say? Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. So we're not going, we're not selling the building and buying a big tent. <laughs> what this means is there is the nature of preparation that we have to undergo. We have to raise our expectation. We have to come together in community with higher expectations of what God is going to do. Do you remember what, day, what Jonathan and his armour bearer said? He said, come, let us see. Because the Lord's victory is by many or by few. That was a preparation of heart. That was a faith step that Jonathan had, had already resolved within himself that he'd said, you know what? You know what? We're going to go ahead and do it because I feel God's in it. We're going to go ahead and prepare this because God, I know it's in God's will that this enemy not withstand the kingdom anymore. I know it's not in God's will for the divorce rate to be so high in our community. I know it's not in God's will for abuse that happens within the home and violence happens within the home. I know that's not in God's will for it to be so high. I know it's not in God's will for people to be hungry and living on the street. I know that it's not in God's will for people to be dying and going into a Christless eternity. Hello? Are you with me on this? I know it's not in God's will for those things to take place. So let's be like Jonathan and his armour bearer and say, you know what? We know that this community can be changed, whether by many or by few. Why? Because we are aligning ourselves with the will of God. 
We are aligning ourselves with what his desire for our community is. And his desire for our community is, is for us to grow our expectation. Prepare for it. Hello? You know, in this room, there used to be a wall that went around and followed the tiles. Over near these, let's see, everybody look at those orange um, banners over there. Let's build this, pray, commit, plan, develop, give. Over there, that was a room that was turned into a storage room. The parents' room, uh, the parents' room, uh, again, was a storage room, all right? And it made this auditorium feel small. So what did we do? We enlarged the place of our tent. We stretched our tent as far as we possibly could. We made arrangements so that parents can look after their children. We made arrangements so that the room was bigger on this side. This is all part of the vision of us growing the kingdom. Hello? Saying to the community, hey... Jesus is the answer. Amen? Right. So, I believe this tent's too small. Right now, we haven't got space for a children's ministry and youth ministry. Right now, CareNet is busting at its seams. It's reached its maximum. CareNet, we're looking for a warehouse. All right? So that youth ministry, so children's ministry can, can uh, um, grow, right? And so where we are at the moment is that our tent is too small. But we are remembering that we're building a legacy for generations to come, amen? If the Lord tarries, we don't want Manningham Christian Centre to die out with us, Right? So we're, 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 it's not just about building buildings, it's about resources to reach the community of what we're doing. Now, in order to do that, we've got to start to grow our mind and stretch our thinking and, and think creatively in that sense. Amen? So our goal as part of the master plan is to renovate this building. All right. Now, what, can, what happens, if you've seen the plans, of which I'll show you in just a minute, as we, as we renovate the building, what that does is it raises a new standard. It raises a new standard. Remember how last week I talked about the new hand dryers in the toilets? Yes. Yeah? And, and I had, you know, they've been in there a couple of weeks and I had not had one person, this is not a criticism, I had not had one person come up and say, thank you so much for making sure those hand dryers are working. I really appreciate drying my hands after I've washed them. No one washes their hands. Oh, no one washes their hands. Oh, right. And I'll tell you why. Because it's expected. It's expected. It's expected that those facilities are going to be available. Right? It's a standard. It's actually a standard. Now, right now, when you walk into a, uh, a shopping centre, it's like, it's like, well, most shopping centres. Hey, have you ever walked near, um, um, we took the kids for a little bit of a treat to Laurent. You know where Laurent is, near David Jones? 
It's like packed out and you're just looking like, like I was underdressed and I wasn't underdressed. Does that make sense? Like there was the branded brands, of all brands walking through the door and, and uh, you, know, you know how little cakes don't have prices on them? You know why? Because you know they're expensive, right? <laughs> right? And so, um, so, anyway, so anyway, it was a bit of a treat. We, we went in there and we grabbed a cuppa and that was it. And, and we had a great time. But, you know, you look at that end of Doncaster shopping town, right? And then you go down the other end. There's a different standard. Go there. If you haven't been there, go there. Go to David Jones in that section where, where there's R.M. Williams and all those big brands and then go walk all the way down the other end and there's just a different standard. The bathrooms have a different standard, all of it. What I'm saying is this. We have to lift our expectation, not in a snobby sense, but in a spiritual sense, that when we come together and worship, we expect the Spirit of God to move and heal people. When we come in to, to, to listen to the word, we expect to be able to apply it to our life for it to be another weapon in our pocket that we can go out and use in the community against the principalities and the powers and the darkness of the air. Friends, that is our expectation. And you see, it, it, it requires a new standard. And guess what? When the world comes in here, they expect a standard more than just working hand dryers. They come in here and, and, and it's, it might be not even a thought, but it's a subconscious feeling that, you know, the door that continually blows open all the time because it's, it's broken, <laughs> you know, that's just annoying. Oh, this must be a poor church. No, 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 no. We are working towards the master plan that rejuvenates and renovates that side of the room. And I'll tell you right now, when it's done, you guys are going to go, oh, look at what we achieved. Oh, wow, why didn't we do this sooner? And I will tear more hair out. Hello? Right. So renovate the building. Future vision, plant a primary school. Now, that's a future vision. We've been talking about that for a while. We did have some thoughts of how that might be able to be done in this building, but it's very clear that it's not going to be able to happen in this building. But for a future vision, I believe Christian education is really, really important. Amen? So that's going to be a future vision. Hey, guess what? Plant a church. In 2020, it was a goal to plant a church. Guess what we've done? Come on, Chapel Life, we heard from Tim and Rose this morning, fantastic. Hey, guess what? Our plan was to expand CareNet. What's happened? It is not expanded, it's, it's exploded, right? You know, we've got, Kelly's worked on partnerships all over the city and just things are growing exponentially at the moment. And like there's, there's strain as things grow, right? I've never been pregnant, but I can imagine that as a baby's growing, there's strains that takes place and that's what's happening here. There are, there are things taking place and that's expanding. So that's planning a church. We're doing it. Uh, expanding Kennet, we're doing it. Future Vision, plan a primary school. Look, we'll start, we're working towards it, renovating the building. That's our next goal in terms of our let's build this, right? We've got about $80,000 uh, uh, set aside for that. Praise God. What an amazing thing, right? $80,000. Do you want to hear what the ticket is that we've been told for the renovation? 
about a million dollars. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's what they say, but I know that God can do less, whether by many or by few. So don't, don't be enamoured by that number. Okay? Hello? Right. Vince and I are going to get busy. Okay, so <laughs> uh, master plan. Can you imagine walking through those doors? Wow, that's going to be just out there. Can you imagine, you know, uh, sitting in this cafe? Like, I mean, we, we've got all these chairs and things so that you can start to picture it taking place. You know, you know, beautiful bench tops, you know, um, uh, you know, it's, it's warm. You know, it hasn't got old ceiling tiles around the place. It's nice high ceilings, plenty of natural daylight. Can you imagine it? Oh, it's going to be so amazing. And then, you know, at the beginning, at, at the front of it, there's going to be two entrances. There's going to be one that opens into the cafe during the summer. During the winter, we'll probably keep that locked to keep the warmth in. But then there's going to be an airlock at the front uh, of, uh, of the building of where people can walk in and walk out. And it's not going to get cold. And I'm working hard here today. All right, so the top, thank you for those who were hooed. Um, uh, um, the, the top entrance, you know, the top entrance, it kind of looks a bit, you know, we had people turn up to the, to the, to, um, uh, to the office uh, this week and they were knocking on the office doors and, yeah, we're looking for the orange doors. <laughs> if I had $5 every single time somebody was looking for the orange doors... It's unbelievable how people can't see them. But when this is done, people are going to find our entrance because it doesn't look like a brick toilet block. All right? So it's just going to be fantastic. I think what we'll put on our advertising is enter down the toilet block. And you oh, here it is, right? You know, no, I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. So, you know, when all this takes place, it's just going to be amazing, all right? And, um, and so here we are. We are building this not to make a great building for MCC. We're building this to save our community. We're doing this so, so people can walk in like the Queen of Sheba walked into Solomon. We're not talking gold-leafed walls, but like the Queen of Sheba walked in and she was stunned with the excellence that she was confronted with. And she was a queen. Her radical minimum standard was pretty high. You know what I thank God for? No matter who walks in here, recognises that there's a beautiful atmosphere. Because it's a different standard than out there. Good, huh? Seven years you prayed for that. Whoa. Amen. That's amazing. Come on. That's awesome. Praise God. What a, what a story. What a testimony. All right. I'm going to skip through this because I am out of time. What is our next step? Our next step, of course, prayer. Nothing can happen without prayer. Nothing can break through without prayer. Be praying, praying in tongues. Nothing can happen without our commitment to it. Saying, yes, I'm going to partner together with the community, this community and the wider community to see this take place. Amen. There's got to be a commitment to it. Is it going, you know, somebody could walk in today and hand over a million dollars for this. Do you know that? Somebody can walk in today and do that, right? 
It could happen like that. But in the meantime, we have to commit to it. Now, look, you might be sitting on a million dollars. <laughs> and I just sense the Lord. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's going to require a commitment for us. And that commitment, we need to plan for it. It's not just making a decision within us that says, yeah, 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 that's good, Matt. But there's got to be a plan. All right, I'm going to plan and I am going to do this. I'm, uh, it, it requires money, but what else does it require? You remember the standard of which you walk past is the standard you accept? What are you not going to walk past? What are you not going to walk past? And you say, you know what? You know what? These terracotta tiles, they were great back in the 1200th century. But well, I'm, I'm going to set a new radical minimum standard. We're going to do something different. That requires dollars. It requires effort and work. We've got to plan towards it. We've got to develop. And so it's asking God for ideas. Amen? Because not all of us have the ability to earn a million dollars. That's fine. That's totally fine. But God might give us development ideas on how we can overcome this or maybe we don't need a million dollars maybe we just need somebody to come in and do it I don't know I don't know how God's going to do it the fifth thing is committing to giving towards it giving this is a generous church we would not be able to have all of this facility and resources if it wasn't for the generosity of Manningham Christian Centre and those before us what we're talking about is those that are coming after us. Amen? Amen? Our faith activates heaven's contribution. So what happens is this, is that when we take a step forward in faith, it's then that heaven moves in. It's a spiritual principle. Jonathan and his armour bearer did it. He said, come on, let's go up. Let's see if we can do it. Did he sit under the pomegranate tree with his father while the priest was trying to dial up God on his digipad? No. Jonathan and his armour bearer said, come on. Come on, let's do it. Let's go up. Let's annihilate the enemy. Let's change the community. Let's see people's lives saved and set free. Let's put food on the table. Let's pray for our community. Let's see, let's see the Victorian government astounded by the low divorce and abuse and family violence rates in the city of Manningham. And let the, let the council come to us and say, how is it so? Hello? I'll tell you somewhere that that's happening that's Redding, California. A major church in there working together with other churches, right? It's astonishing, the employment rate. You know why? Because, because what happens is, is, is the Bible says when, a, when righteousness is in place, the city rejoices. Hello? I have a vision for our region 
that there are good relationships in our community. Understanding not everybody is going to see eye to eye, but that doesn't mean I can't love them. Hello? Because when we move and activate our faith, it activates the supernatural. It activates heaven's contribution. What is contribution? It's the part played by a person or thing in bringing about a result or helping something to advance. That's what contribution is. And friends, it's prayer. It's committing. It's planning. It's developing. And it's giving. It's not just a master plan. That's just one stepping stone to reaching our community. That's just one stepping stone to seeing a community loved and perfectly embraced by Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we pray for our community? Let's stand up. (coughs) This is going to be available for everyone next week. And you can take it home, pray over it, highlight bits, allow God to speak to you in it. I don't want anybody to hear, for here, I don't want anybody here or online to feel any sense of condemnation about any of this. I think when you're, when you're moving towards something that's bigger than ourselves, if we had a vision that was easy to achieve, I mean, we've already achieved a lot of it, haven't we? Already, already. And every week we're, we are achieving and it's expanding. But sometimes when something seems so big that it seems daunting, friends, that's where our partnership with the Lord really matters. That's where our time in the Word really matters. That's where our time encouraging one another and actually buying into this. Can I say something? If once a year or twice a year is the only time you were to read a document like this, then you haven't caught it. You don't know the direction that we're heading. Hello, can I say that? If the only time, this is why I have the master plan up on TV screens and everything. Why? Because I need continual reminding. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing so that my actions line up with the direction. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray for our community. Heavenly Father, right now, we just lift up this this region, this city of Manningham right now. And Lord, I just ask right now that there would be amazing relationships. Lord, that we just speak strength and life over this community. Lord, we speak reconciliation and forgiveness, God. Lord, right now, we just ask and lift up this city to You and we declare her Yours. We declare her Yours, Lord. Jesus, just pour out Your Spirit upon this city, Lord. Right now, into every broken home, let it be mended, let it be healed. Into every heart that doesn't have a place 
to sleep tonight, Lord. Lord, let you embrace them and be that warm hug, God. Lord, highlight the needs of this community that we can play a part in, Lord. We may not have every answer. We may not have every bit of resource for it, Lord. But Lord, right now we ask that there would be an activation in what we can do right now, God. Lord, we just thank You for this master plan. We, Lord, we thank You for this building and the resources that it has, that You have provided for us. But Lord, right now we ask You, Lord, can, Lord, we ask and declare that this master plan be, be, be come to fruition, Lord. That it happen, Lord. Lord, that the, the new facilities, Lord, would be facilities that, would, that people would be welcomed into, that would be used by the community, God. Lord, that would generate income. Lord, that would, that would um, um, be used to disciple people. And Lord, that it would be a place of encounter, God. Lord, we just thank You, Father, for it. We um, thank You for the way in which You're leading us. And so right now, Lord, I just ask that You would speak to our hearts, that You would help us stretch our tent, uh, strengthen our pegs, uh, strengthen the ropes, Lord. Lord, that we would uh, see this vision come to fruition, Lord, and then push on to the greater things that You have, God. Lord, we just thank You, Father, for it. We rejoice in Your goodness and we bless Your holy name in Jesus' wonderful and mighty name. And we all said, Amen and Amen. Let's give God a praise for that right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give You praise, we glorify You. Come on, come on, more than that. Lord, we just give You praise. We give You all glory, Lord, in Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. Thanks, Drew. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. 
Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.